Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the show. Wow. We did it. We actually changed the world. This uh, particular podcast is not going to be a gloat-a-thon, though much as you and I would probably enjoy that, it is instead mostly going to focus on my predictions of the first few months, let's call it the first hundred days of Trump's presidency, what he's going to do. It's not what you think. I want to prepare you for that. But before we get to that, I just have to say, I mean, all right, and maybe this is a little bit gloating, but this is really something that everyone should be happy about, if only you could understand that this is the first time in literally over 200 years that we have had a president of the United States who has no special interests or lobbyists to return favors to. No foreign governments who have given him millions of dollars who now, of course, he must pander to. No, we don't have that. We have somebody who only owes favors to us, the American people. That has not happened in hundreds of years. It started that way, but even if you look into the 1800s, it, 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 you know, it pretty much went to, to shit. Although I got to say, it's never been worse than it is now. Certainly not with the candidate who lost. We were facing that reality bigly. This is exciting. I'm sure you're excited. I'm excited. But about half the country is not excited. They don't care about those things. Or at least they don't see them. They don't think about them. Because all they can think about right now is that Donald Trump is a racist, a sexist, a misogynist. There's a lot of people who honestly believe that Trump is Hitler. I don't mean that figuratively. I mean it very literally. They think that Trump is either as bad as Hitler, worse than Hitler, or almost as bad as Hitler. They really believe this. I know they believe this, not because I read it on the internet all the time, but because I hear people saying that. Every day, I live in Manhattan, and my neighborhood is one of the most progressive areas of Manhattan, the downtown Lower East Side, East Village area. I actually looked at the voting numbers in my area. They actually break it down by district, and the districts are tiny because it's such a highly populated area. Where I live, the percent of people who voted for Hillary Clinton is 95%. That's not what I think. That's what the data shows. In my district, it's 95% Hillary, 5% Trump. If you move over to another district, which is literally walking two blocks away, you see 98%. I mean, it's, I've been saying all along that I think I'm the only Donald Trump voter in my neighborhood. Well, I, I looked it up. There's about 20. Literally, 20 people where I live out of the thousands that voted for, for, for Hillary, whatever it is. It's non-existent, certainly, and uh, none of those people talked about it except me. I don't know who they are. They're less than 5%. So anyway, um, I hear every day 
because you talk about echo chambers. I physically live in an echo chamber. I hear every day people saying that Trump is absolutely a white supremacist. He has ties to the KKK. Uh, you know, Steve Bannon, another white supremacist. He just hired him. Like all this stuff. I hear it all the time. You know what else I hear all the time? I swear. This, this is new. This is like in the past few days. I hear people openly talking about how Trump should be assassinated. But their plan is more thought out than that. Because they actually say, but you have to assassinate Pence too. Because Pence is fucking awful on gay marriage and all that stuff. They are, I don't know where they're getting these ideas from. But I'm hearing it from multiple people. They believe, they truly believe that assassinating Trump would be a, and, and Pence, I suppose, would be an excellent result for the country, that this is something that needs to happen. Now, you might think that's crazy and disrespectful and un-American and a bunch of other things, but you have to put yourself in their shoes. And to do that, you must imagine yourself in Germany in 1938 and seeing Hitler and knowing what Hitler's going to do in advance, right? Which you do. Now, if you picture yourself in Germany in 1938, would you think that assassinating Hitler would be a good idea? Well, yes, because you believe that now, and so do I. It would have been a really good thing if somebody offed Hitler. That would have saved millions of people, many of those people who are in my family, from being killed. So now when you take that real Hitler and you put yourself inside the, in, in, in the shoes of the people who think he is really Hitler, really as bad as Hitler, or almost as bad as Hitler, do you find it surprising that they want him killed? Of course not. This is not a figurative statement. They really think this. Why? It isn't actually because of anything he said. I know that sounds crazy, but it's not. Trump has said some very off-color stuff, but none of that stuff is anything that anyone else has ever... You've already heard this, and 10 times worse in your own life. Now, I understand that the people you have heard it from were not running for president. But that's not why. It's not what he said. It's not the words. We have all heard 10 times worse. And, you know, maybe we're like, all right, that guy's an asshole. But the fury and the rage, if you could, I, I don't know how many of you people who listen here live in New York, but if you could see what is going on here right now, and it's got to be going on in the rest of the country to, you know, a lesser degree, I suppose, but people are losing their shit. They really think Hitler is president. This is because Hillary Clinton hired the best cognitive scientists in the world. I've talked about this before, so I'll just say this quickly. Dr. Robert Cialdini, whose books are amazing and I recommend. It's a shame he worked for the wrong side, but it's good that they lost. Who engineered a campaign built around fear, because fear is the most persuasive emotion. Trump used it too. Now, there isn't a very good chance that you're going to get your head chopped off by ISIS or you're going to walk into a pipe bomb that one of them planted. 
But when you hear stories about people who actually did, who are Americans, it's pretty scary. He used it too. But Hillary used it in a different way. He put, she put the fear on Trump and, more importantly, on the supporters. This is where it gets really problematic. I don't care very much if you call Trump nasty words. It becomes a big problem where these same people who think that Trump is all these things, you see a million headlines now saying Trump supporters are white nationalists, are racist, sexist, all these things. They're maybe not as bad as Trump in these regards, but are very bad in these regards nonetheless. We're basically the same. Now, you might think back to the times where Hillary did outright call half of Trump supporters deplorables, racist, sexists, not Americans, all these things. Now, she said that, and then she took it back. But then she said it again, and then she said it again. Now, still, that's only a few times. But the message was heard loud and clear. The few times that Hillary said it then became the tens and hundreds and maybe millions of times the media has said it. And they didn't stop after the election was over. I thought they couldn't go any harder on this on this issue. It's gotten worse. It's bad. It's really bad. We have almost half of a... All right, so let's say of the 40% of the country that voted for Hillary, if we, you know, by what I see, at least half of them are really in this rage right now that not only is Trump so bad, not only is he Hitler, then all of us are in the SS. They really believe this. Remember when I told you, and this is true, and I have video to support it, remember when I told you that I volunteered for Jill Stein's campaign? It's true, I did. Remember when I told you that I handed out information packets to my friends, convincing them to vote for Jill instead of Hillary? It's true, I did. Remember when I told you that I was going to vote for Jill Stein? I did. I'm really glad I did that now. Because I can say it, I can prove it, and that is basically a bulletproof vest for me. No one can ever really, despite what I say on on this podcast and despite what I write on Facebook, whenever I say that, they're not mad at me anymore. Doing this was way smarter than I thought. Now I'm realizing that I did it for my personal safety. And I'm good. Think about that. So how do we solve this problem that half the country, well, you know, maybe not half the country, but a huge chunk of the country is having this, you know, it's literally a hallucination. That's why I know what Trump is going to do when he becomes president. I've been saying all along that this presidential race, this election, was not about policy, was not about positions, was not about facts. It was all about persuasion. 
Unfortunately, we had one candidate who turned that persuasion to paint not only Trump, but his supporters as totally disgraceful, deplorable people, racist, sexist, homophobic, and it hasn't worn off yet. Why would it? The media has somehow figured out a way to ramp it up even more. Not only is it fading, it's intensifying. So what do you think Trump's things are going to do? What do I think that Trump's first things in office are going to do? They are going to be things that are focused on breaking down this massive group hallucination as quickly as possible. Now, you might think it's very unlikely that people are going to, that the concept of of a group hallucination is unfamiliar to you, but actually it's very familiar to you. You've already seen it your whole life. I don't know if you're a religious person or not. Let's say you are. Whatever it is that you believe, any person who believes in a different religion than you do, according to you, is in the state of a group hallucination. Let's say you're an atheist like me. Everybody who believes in any religion is having a group hallucination. So whether or not you actually believe in religion, you now understand that group hallucinations are the most common experience we have as humans. So is it possible that if that happened with books that are thousands of years old and that still persists today, books that frankly aren't even written very well or very credible or believable in my opinion, is, and, and that's still happening today, is it possible that a candidate who employs the best cognitive scientists in the world to get that impression of Donald Trump being all of those horrible things, is that possible when it just happened for the last year straight from the best in the business? Of course it is. These are genuine group hallucinations. It's happening. What will Trump do? How can he break down these hallucinations? Now, when you think that somebody is going to be a KKK, racist, Nazi, homophobe, blah, 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 right? When you think all those things are true, of course, you expect him to initiate policies that support all of those notions. So what are the policies that Trump will introduce first? The ones that are exactly the opposite of of actions that would support those notions. I'm not saying I'm not I know what he's going to do in order, but I can tell you what the things are. Um probably not first and probably not most importantly, but Mike Pence who does actually really have a, a history of saying some things that most that a lot of people think are not so nice about uh, gay people and stuff like that, Trump will convince Mike Pence to move significantly to the left on LGBT rights, gay marriage, stuff like that. I don't know exactly what it will be. It doesn't matter. It just has to sound credible. It has to get headlines. It's That, that will happen. Um, that is, like I said, probably won't be the, it might be the first, it probably won't be the first uh, although that's an available option right now, you don't have to be in office. It'll, it counts just as much. 
Uh, probably won't be the first, and it's not the most important because that's Pence and not Trump, but it's a nice frame. What will Trump do when he actually has a pen and paper and can make policy and law? I expect one of the first things will be something that directly benefits the African-American community. What will it be? Could be any number of things. Public works project in an area um, where it is near a heavily minority community. Um, Could be scholarships that directly benefit African-Americans. I mean, you'd have to do it for everybody, but somebody's got to be first. Probably be the African-Americans first. Even though Trump actually did really well with the Latino vote, much better than anybody expected, uh, there are a lot of people who are Latino or who have Latino or, or friends or, 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 you know, white people who have Latino friends who are outraged for them or whatever the case may be. Uh, a gesture towards Mexicans or Latinos is in order. Uh, I expect a statement of some sort where he will say, and he has already alluded to this, uh, but perhaps he'll make it more concrete over time that Mexicans who did come here illegally and they have a family, maybe for more than one generation at this point, will be told that they will not be deported. And, you know, I don't think that anybody was under the illusion, uh, under, under an illusion that those people were going to be deported anyway. Should they be? No. Should they have come here illegally in the first place? No. But what are you going to do? I mean, you can't, you can't do that. It's just, it's going to tear the country apart. You can't do it. Can you build a wall and severely make every effort to not let anyone else in illegally, which has not been done in 20 years? Yes, he will do that. So these people who are have been here for a long time, yes, they will remain, and it'll be a lot harder for new people who come here illegally to do the same. Now, if somebody else comes illegally now and he, they just get here, yeah, he'll, he'll kick them out. But the people who are here, their fears will be assuaged. That's something else that he will do. Expect to see child care initiatives uh, start to pop up. These will be announced by Trump, but mostly put front and center by his daughter, Ivanka. These will be child care programs, things that help policy, whatever, whatever it is, that will help a lot of different people, but they will be packaged and positioned in such a way to make it clear that these policies are to help low-income people, uh, especially minorities. Now, this is not a prediction per se, but I just think it's a really interesting idea that I had. If this comes true, holy shit, I'll, I'll be reminding you every day forever. Um, if you saw the 60, minute, the, uh, 60 Minutes interview that Trump did with Leslie Stahl, she asked him if he would take a salary. And he said, no, I don't, I don't want to. You know, how much is it? And she said, it's $400,000 a year. And he said, no, I, I don't want it. I, I think they are going to make me take something, so I'll take a dollar. Okay. So that means that if he only gets paid a dollars for year, uh, $1 per year, there is $1,599,996 left over. Let's just call it $1.6 Okay. Now, there are already people complaining about this. Believe it or not, uh, there's a political article which is just so stupid. It just shows you that they'll complain about anything, saying, you know, Donald Trump should have to take a salary, blah, blah, blah. It, it just shows you that he can't do anything right, according to them. Here's my idea. Now he can say, okay, people are complaining about this. 
I have to take the $1.6 million. Okay, here's what I'll do. I'm going to take that $1.6 million and I'm going to pick 16 exceptional people, young adults in America who don't have a fair chance at higher education. Why do I say 16 people? Well, you can send somebody to a state university for about $25,000 a year. That means for a four-year degree, that's $100,000. $100,000 means that's 16 people that he can pick. He will pick minorities, of course, disadvantaged, disabled, you name it. All, whatever it is that people think that he is hateful against, he will pick them if, if he is to do this. And then you have 16 faces where their progress will be tracked. He will use social media, websites, etc. This is not a prediction because, I mean, how likely is it? I think it's a great idea. I mean, you tell me what's bad about this idea. Tell me one, tell me one thing that could possibly go wrong with this. This is pure win. It's just that just because I think it's a great idea doesn't mean that Trump is thinking the exact same way that I am. How crazy would it be if that happened? You will see many, many things that will not be about the promises that he made to us. Now, he will do some of those too, and some of those will be things that Democrats agree with too, which will be basically infrastructure projects. Uh, Democrats like that. Uh, the Republicans will like that too. They won't have a problem with that. He'll do that. That'll make everybody happy. So we will, you know, some of the things he promised us, yes, we will, he, we will see those things. But you have to understand that the first things that he, are, that he is going to do are very necessary because you cannot have a country where half the people think that not only him, but all of us are in the third or the fourth Reich or whatever. That has to stop. And that will not stop if the media has the opportunity to continue to perpetuate these lies. They have to have headlines where Trump is doing things explicitly for minorities, for gays, for any people who think that he is this horrible monster. For women, Ivanka will do that. These are the things that we can see first, that we will see first. Don't get mad. Don't say, hey, we're the ones who supported you. You should be doing things for us first. That's not realistic right now. What's going on is a fucking epidemic. It's an epidemic of hatred out there. And this is the only way to stop it. That's why I know exactly what he's going to do. This hallucination will not crack overnight. It will happen a little bit at a time. He will do it once. It will ride through the news cycle. He will do something different. That will ride through the news cycle for a week. He will chip and chip away at it because there is no one thing he can do to make it to make the illusion crumble. You have to kill that lie with a thousand cuts. And he will. But it will not happen overnight. It may take a month. And it'll probably take longer than that. I expect some something between three and six months. We will see things that we like. You must be patient. They will not happen overnight. And we will not be first in line, nor should we be, because of this fucking mess that Hillary created, turning half the country on the other half of the country. That problem needs to be fixed first.
Please, be patient. This is a huge problem. It needs to be fixed. There is only one way to fix it, and this is what Trump will do. There's something that we can all do also to help liberals. Wait, what? No, we really want to do this. Let me tell you why. Hillary Clinton went all in supporting supporting the social justice movements. And by those movements, I mean radical feminism, Black Lives Matter, all these social justice warriors crybabies. And you can see it today everywhere. You see all those universities that are shutting down the midterm exams because everyone's so triggered about the... Where do you think that comes from? That is from social justice who has... Forget about, forget about the Democratic Party. Higher education has been completely taken over by social justice at this point. And these people are some of the loudest on social media. And when these people get out of college with no real skills, I mean, what, what does a social justice degree, what does a women's studies degree actually give you in terms of skills that are marketable? Besides writing, nothing. So... They write, and they are part of this deluge of news that news that comes out that is totally against Trump and makes up all these lies. Social justice needs to die. It's a big problem. These are shit ideologies. These are hateful ideologies. They are misandrist ideologies. They are not based in any fact, but on feeling. It is part of the reason why Hillary lost. That's good, but that doesn't mean they just evaporate overnight. We need to get rid of these. Will that help the left? Yes, it would. That's still a good thing. Listen, I'm not a I'm not a Republican. I have never, you know, even after this election, I've never voted for a Republican in my life. I like Trump a lot. I think he's going to do really good things. But all these other guys, all these other Republicans, do I trust them? Some of them, yes. A lot of them, honestly, I know it's it wasn't just Trump who won. I mean, the governors, you know, completely decimated them. Uh, the, 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 the Republicans running for governor completely decimated them. This was on every level. Trump won, held the Senate, held the House, held, you know, held and vastly improved in, in state races. I mean, this was just a wash of red over the country. Now, I think that's good, but I don't trust all these people, honestly. And you shouldn't either. Having a balance is good. Now, right now, at this point in time, it's great because Trump's going to, I think Trump's going to do things in a very good way. You won't be happy at all, uh, at all of them. Trust me. I know he promised a lot of things, but cracking this mass hallucination is the most important thing. If you, if you don't understand that, then you need to learn more about psychology. You, you can't, you can't have a country that, that is the way it is now. It's, it's out of control. But like I said, I don't trust all these other Republicans. I really don't. A balance is a good thing. And we will never have a balance again unless the Democratic Party becomes sane again. And right now, it is insane. Social justice is cancer. It is an idea virus. It is very dangerous. If Hillary had won, Social justice would slowly ruin your life. You know, any of you who have listened to this podcast for a while, 
knows that for a long time, I used to cover uh, police abuse every week for years. Why? Because it was an important problem, still is an important problem. It still happens, although it's gotten a lot better. I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, it hasn't been because of me, because you probably noticed that I stopped talking about it. Why did I stop talking about it? Because almost overnight, the real and legitimate problem of social justice was hijacked by social, but I'm sorry, the, the real and legitimate problem of police abuse was hijacked by the social justice warriors. That was Black Lives Matter. It happened, it came to national prominence overnight over the Michael Brown shooting in Ferguson, Missouri. Now, when Michael Brown happened, I didn't cover that story because it did not pass my litmus test. I only chose the stories about police abuse that had clear evidence, uh, you know, ideally video evidence that I vetted and got, you know, local sources for because you can trust the local news sources a lot more than the national mainstream media, uh, media sources. So I had a pretty high bar of covering these stories. I didn't cover Michael Brown because it seemed like, seemed like, you know, it seemed like, you know, I'm not saying he deserved to die, but from all reports that I saw, and this was backed up by actual testimony from people who were there, black people who were there living in the projects who, who witnessed this, who said that he charged the officer, he grabbed for his gun. So it's like, do, do I think he did? What can you expect in that situation? I would never cover a story like that. And I didn't. But Black Lives Matter jumped on it hard. And I was like, wow, this is, this is what they're jumping on. This is now, now we know looking, I didn't understand it at the time. Now we know it was because of a huge cash infusion by George Soros. Uh, it was likely Soros himself or someone who he tasked who picked this incident and Black Lives Matter literally overnight came to national prominence. I stopped talking about police abuse because social justice hijacked it. That's sad, but it's true. Listen, I don't know a lot about climate change. I really don't. I have not paid a, a lot of attention to it. Maybe I should. Part of the reason maybe that I'm not paying attention to climate change is because social justice is in the process of hijacking it. Do this now if you're if you're interested. If you're not, then who cares? But if you do a Google search for climate change feminism, you will find thousands of articles about how climate change is a feminist issue. This is lunacy. I don't know how much of an issue climate change is because I'm not educated on it. I'm not going to pretend to tell you I know anything about it, but I know that science and whether or not the country, that whether or not the world is getting hotter, which is going to make bad things happen, is a feminist issue, is fucking bullshit. Social justice pollutes everything it touches, and they try to get their hooks in everything, and they have been extremely successful. This election was a backlash against social justice. But it's not dead. And they are fighting harder than ever right now. A couple of days after the election, Hillary's, uh, she, she was like uh, chief director of communication came out. She was talking about, if, if you look at the numbers of the election, there was no surge of female voters for Hillary. Everyone thought there would be for all the talk that Trump's comments about women and allegations of sexual assault made by, by a dozen women and all this stuff would turn out in record female voters opposing Trump, it didn't happen. 
Women made up 52% of the overall electorate in 2016, down from 53% in 2012. Hillary Clinton's 12-point margin over Trump among women voters was almost identical to the 11-point margin that Obama claimed over Romney four years ago. It didn't work. She got no surge. She got a drop in female voters from Obama and only a one-point difference from what Obama got over Romney. Didn't happen. Which brings me to something very interesting. How do these social justice warriors think of you, the women voters who are listening to this? I'm guessing, I'm hoping 20% of my audience, I don't know. (laughs) But if you're a woman voting right now, why don't we listen to Anna Kasparian? If you don't know who she is, uh, there's a, a YouTube channel called The Young Turks, insanely popular. Um, how many millions of subscribers? They have over three million subscribers. Their um, uh, their their shows, their you know their YouTube shows, which are you know like new, you know they it's professionally done. Uh, get between two and three hundred thousand views for every episode, right? Now, is that the same as the 200,000, I'm sorry, is that 200 to 300,000 viewers per episode the same as, you know, what CNN gets? It's not that different. It's like they're getting 200,000 views and CNN's getting like 700,000. It's not a big difference. So this is a prominent voice and they are one of the most prominent voices. Let's listen to Anna Kasparian talk about you, the woman voter. This is from after when Trump won the election. Listen to her. I have no respect for women who voted for Trump, okay? Yeah, me too. I think so poorly of them, and the reason why is because, look, I don't think that you're a single-issue voter. I just think you're dumb, okay? I think you're fucking dumb. <laughs> when you vote for someone who openly treats women like second-class citizens, who talks about them as if they're nothing more than a piece of meat, who has been accused of sexually assaulting them, who has been caught on tape talking about groping them and grabbing them by the pussy without consent. Yeah, you're an idiot. You're an idiot, okay? You are voting against your best interests. I just, I'm losing my mind tonight because of how stupid the majority of the country is. Yeah, it's a self-hate is real when it comes to women. And I don't think people, I keep saying it over and over again, and people were like, oh, you're on this soapbox, this feminism soapbox. As a Latina woman, I tell you, I've heard it over and over again in my family. There's no way a woman can run the country. Really, we are in a household, we, we are raising a large percentage of the country as single mothers. We have to uh, budget money that we don't have. We raise people that go get post-secondary educations. How is it that we cannot run a country? They, are, they have brainwashed these women. When you hear those women, when, when they go out and they interview those Trump supporters, I just don't trust her. I just don't, I just don't trust her. And I'm with you, I don't respect women specifically who voted for a man who is going to be on trial for sexually assaulting a child, a pedophile. Yeah. Like, let, let's talk and, about grown-ass women who, because what the Dave, Dave Chappelle said, I well. I think that charge has got dropped. I mean, I think she's not going to pursue it. She's not going on trial for that. Not now. Yeah, they're actually right. That case was totally bogus and was dropped. Uh, but that's not the important part. The important part is listened to Anna, and I don't know the other woman's name, Listen to what they think of you. You are stupid. You are dumb. This is more of the same that the media has done. It's just in a, in a palpable and 
and very, very salient voice that you can hear. But all you have to do, go on your go on your Facebook or just go on Google and, and, and look around and look around at the news stories. This is everything you hear. The media is overwhelmingly left wing. I understand if you don't read good for you. If you don't read those sources, I read them just to see what these people are up to. But this is what most people are reading. The, the Hillary Clinton campaign did not end on November 9th. The hatred that she was spreading has gotten worse. I thought her, um, I don't know what kind of, what, what do you call that speech? Um, not a resignation speech. Uh, I don't know, the speech that says, okay, I lost. It was a good speech, actually. Well, it was the best speech she's given all all election, that's for sure. And she called for, um, you know, she called for unity and all that. That was good. We need more. Trump can say it. Those people will not listen to Trump. The ones that hate him, the ones that are rioting and protesting, no, they will not listen to Trump. Anything that he says will only make them mad until he actually has the power of the government to do things that are completely the opposite of what they're expecting. Who could help? Who's the president right now? Obama. What has he said about the riots and the protests that are that are disrupting the lives of millions of people on a daily basis in cities all across the country? I see it every day. I live right near these protests. What has he said? Nothing. Not a word. I wonder why. This is all social justice, and it does not, this mass hypnosis, this mass hallucination, we are seeing it in types of people you would never have thought, people who are extremely intelligent people. Intelligence does not protect you from persuasion. If you look at GitHub, the country, uh, the, the company that uh, they do like Seamless and... Uh, is it GitHub or Grubhub? Grubhub, I think it is. So you can order food on your phone, you know, through Seamless or Grubhub and all that, all that stuff. You know, uh, it's actually a great service. I've, I've used it. It's, it's how awesome is that? You go on your phone, boom, food. It's awesome. Very successful company. But then the CEO wrote a letter to all of his employees, and he said, "If you vote for Trump, you're not a part of the values of this country, and you should resign." What happened? I haven't checked the price of the stock. Oh yeah, it's still crashing. <laughs> yeah, look at that. If you look, look if you there. Oh no, no, wait, hold on. That's the wrong stock. Oh, they rebounded a little bit today. Oh, but it's still fucking in the, in the tank. It's lost an enormous amount of value after that happened, and after that got out, it just crashed. I mean, how could you not know that that's going to happen? This is a smart person, right? You don't get to be the CEO of like a, of a hugely popular tech company without knowing. That when you say something like that, you know that half the people voted for Trump, roughly half the, half, what do you think is going to happen? They're not going to use your service anymore. They're just going to go through the extra step of, you know, finding another company. I'm sure there's others that do this or just calling up the restaurant on the telephone. They'll go through that trouble. So not to support you. How could you not know that? Because you're Because he's hallucinating, literally. Pepsi is doing the same thing. How hard is it 
for somebody who likes to drink soda to go from Pepsi to Coke or from, I don't know, the, 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 the potato chips that Pepsi makes to the potato chips that, that, uh, that, that Coke makes or, or another company. How hard is that? It's easy. Yeah, people are doing it. They're going to take a huge hit. This type of mass hallucination, mass hypnosis, has legitimately affected the, so many people, all races, all matters of intelligence and education. Quality persuasion cannot be escaped. And it's an epidemic right now. Here's another thing that people are doing. You have all of these people who are getting behind these petitions to get the electoral college, to get to get people in the elect. I think everybody knows how it works, more or less, but here's the deal. Real quick, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. There are 538 people who are in the electoral college. Uh, the Democrats pick their people. The Republicans pick their people. So when you have a state like, um, uh, I don't know, uh, what's a state that with, so Alaska, I know off the top of my head, has three electoral votes, right? Since Alaska won, there are three people from Alaska who will cast their electoral votes. And, uh, you know, if history repeats itself, which it will, they will all vote for Trump because that's what they pledge to do. Many states, as a matter of fact, the electors don't even have a choice. So for a bunch of these, a bunch of these people, even if they did change their mind, it doesn't matter. They, they can't. They have to vote for their party. So all the blue states that won, they will go to uh, Hillary, and they will vote that way, and all the red states will vote for Trump. In the history of this country, there has, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, there has never been a time where more than one or two of these people have changed their vote. Of course, Hillary needs dozens and dozens of votes to get to 270. What are the chances that this petition is going to do anything useful at all? Zero. It's impossible. There is no way that dozens and dozens of people who are chosen by the Democratic or, well, they're looking for the Republicans to do it. So they need dozens and dozens of these electors who were chosen because they are deep in the Republican Party, probably for decades. You're going to try to convince the most hardcore Republicans. You're going to, you think there's any chance that dozens of these people are going to change their votes? It's impossible, yet you see these petitions everywhere. And smart people are sending this around. They wouldn't be sending it if they didn't think there was a chance it could work. It's because they are still fucking hypnotized. So what's going to happen on December the 19th when the Electoral College obviously votes? What will change at best? And I mean I can't even imagine what Vegas would put these odds on. At best, five. Five of them, at best, which I don't think is, I think there's a 95% chance that five, that, that it will not be five. You, you probably get one. You might get two. But five, which would make no difference at all because she needs dozens. At best, five is on the complete fringe, right? So what does that mean? That means that they put all this effort into yet another election and they got fucking crushed again. How is this productive? The people who are already completely decimated that their candidate lost, hey, listen, wouldn't you be really upset if Trump lost? 
Yeah, of course you would be. I would be. So these people, it's okay that they're upset and really devastated that Hillary lost. As long as you're not doing anything violent about it, you are welcome to your, you can be sad. That's okay. And we should stop poking them. And I've had a problem not doing that. I will freely admit, I am really trying to control myself and I find it hard sometimes, but I'm trying to get better. Anyway, it's okay to be sad, but what is going to be the reaction? Are they going to get more sad after this? No, they're going to get more mad. And that's why whoever came up with these ideas is probably just looking to create more anger. It's <sighs> some other things you have been, Oh, I have more predictions. I'll get to those in a sec. These are fun, but I'll get to those in a sec. What have we been seeing over the past few days? We've been seeing this trend of purging fake news from Facebook and other social media, right? Now, if there is really fake news that's out there that's spreading information that is not true, um, I'm not in favor of that. The problem is that when you look at this list that was compiled, and who is it compiled by? It was compiled by a radical feminist. Social justice strikes again. Yeah. You look at this this list of sites, many of these quote-unquote news sites are actually opinion sites. They're not pretending to be news. They're opinion. And some of them are news, but they're just conservative news. They are now being labeled as fake news. Why? Because most people have woken up to the fact that for the past year plus, 18 months, the regular liberal mainstream media has lied to them. When the Huffington Post on election day is publishing headlines that says Hillary has a 98.3% chance of winning the lighthouse of winning the white house. People are starting to wake up and saying, wait a second. These people have been lying to us. They're waking up to that. That is very dangerous to the mainstream news. And if people are voluntarily going to the side who got it right, who said, no, Trump has a real chance, which was only on the right. And, and going and look and remembering all these things, all these people who are right, who are now being branded. Anyone, anyone who says anything nice about Trump these days is all right, apparently, because it's word thinking. You don't have to explain why somebody is bad. Just stick a label on them. And then they're, you know, you're not saying they're in the KKK, but you're when you lump in the alt-right with the KKK and the white supremacists, and it's a slightly more friendly label, and it almost sounds a little cool. Alt right? Oh, I don't know who's that. The, the the cool the the cool alternative right people? No, they're racist too. Oh, okay. You give them a different label, and you stick them with the rest of them, and then you stick organizations with that same sticker, and all of a sudden you are going to have a blackout on social media. So, uh, I'm not going to predict whether or not they're going to be successful. Because, honestly, it's more likely that they are, and that just really depresses me. Social justice is cancer. Oh, okay, so I have some, I have some predictions, and the, none of these are shocking, but they're, they're kind of funny. Before uh, or during you know, Clinton's campaign and in the years leading up to it, uh, Hillary was getting like over $250,000 a speech. 
I predict that number will now go down. <laughs> she was getting 250. She'll be lucky to be getting 20 moving forward. Bill was getting up to $700,000 for speeches in foreign countries. Now, he will get basically zero because no one's looking for them because the only reason why they were getting that amount was because they were expecting political favors. Now, the only thing they're looking for is a refund. If you look at these articles that are getting published these days, it's unbelievable what, you know, when they don't, you can, I mean, you can publish an awful lot of articles every day about Trump being a racist. You can do that a lot and people will click on them, but that can't be the only thing you write about. You got to do other stuff. So now they're writing, I saw an article in Politico criticizing Trump of all things you can criticize him for. When he was on 60 Minutes, he was asked by Leslie Stahl, will you take a salary as president? And he says, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take it. He said, well, how much is it? And she says, it's $400,000 a year. And he said, no, I won't take that. Um, they probably aren't going to make me take something, so I'll take a dollar. What does political do? They write an article criticizing this. <laughs> he can't do anything right. There is nothing he could do that they could praise him for, which is why I told you that the things he's going to do are, you know, basically going to be the unattackable things. He's going to do things specifically for minorities and things like that until this nonsense goes away, until this hallucination goes away. I I saw an article, um, you know, they, they criticized them for going and eating steak. I then saw uh, an article, I think this was Slate, saying that Trump, you know, hoard, orders his steak in the worst way possible. Well done. Whereas... Just a couple of years ago, the same paper, Slate, wrote an article about how you're a horrible person if you criticize people for getting steak cooked the way that they like it. it. It's like they don't even remember what they used to write. I know we were all hoping for Lena Dunham to leave the country. As she promised, I am sad to predict that she won't because she is a liar. And she is fucking disgusting. You know what, let's actually, uh, Lena Dunham posted a video. The date is important, November 2nd. So a week before the election, she posted a video on her Twitter and asked, it was her and her dad, and she asked the question. And the question that Lena Dunham asked to her father was, how are you feeling about the extinction of white men? Yes, that was the question. Let's listen. How are you feeling about the extinction of white men? Well, white men are a problem. Straight white men are a big problem. That's for sure. But I actually feel pretty good about it. I think uh, straight white guys have been screwing things up for long enough. High time for straight white males to uh, step back and let some other people do it. That's my dad. <laughs> This is a crazy person. This is the prototype. This is the this is the quintessential social justice warrior. Lena Dunham is. But what's important is that she was also an official surrogate for Hillary Clinton's campaign. When I told you that Hillary Clinton went all in and fully embraced social justice, there is no better example than Lena Dunham 
total fucking disgrace. I am linking an article. It's actually a blog post that is a long read, but you definitely need to read it and you should share it with any liberal friends that you have who are freaking out, which is probably the best thing I have seen to uh, reprogram a anti-Trump person going through these hallucinations I've been talking about. That is in the description. Uh, please read and share that. Uh, it's called You Are Still Crying Wolf by uh, Scott Alexander. It's too long to read, but I would like to encourage all of you to start reading Scott Adams' blog because it is awesome. And it, you know, all the stuff I've learned about persuasion started by reading Scott Adams' blog. Um, I should read at least one thing from here, which if you like, then you will go to blog.dilbert.com to continue reading uh, Scott Adams, who is really uh, amazing. This is called The Cognitive Dissonance Cluster Bomb. Earlier this week, CNN.com listed 24 different theories that pundits had provided for why Trump won. And the list isn't even complete. I've heard other explanations as well. What does it tell you when there are 24 different explanations for a thing? It tells you that someone just dropped a cognitive dissonance cluster bomb on the public. Heads exploded. Cognitive dissonance set in. Weird theories came out. This is the cleanest and clearest example of cognitive dissonance you will ever see. Remember it. This phenomenon is why a year ago I told you I was putting so much emphasis on predicting the outcome of the election using the master persuader filter. I told you it would be easy to fit any theory to the facts after the result. And sure enough, we can fit lots of theories to the facts, at least 24 of them by CNN's count. Generally speaking, the greater the persuasion, the more cognitive dissonance you get. Trump is, in my opinion, the greatest persuader of my lifetime. I expected this level of cognitive dissonance. Next time you see a persuader of this magnitude, you can expect the outcome to be cognitive dissonance in that case as well. This brings me to the anti-Trump protests. The protesters look as though they are protesting Trump, but they are not. They are locked in an imaginary world and battling their own hallucinations of the future. Here's the setup to trigger them. Number one, they believe they are smart and well-informed. Number two, their good judgment told them that Trump is obviously the next Hitler or something similarly bad. Number three, half of the voters of the United States, including a lot of smart people, voted Trump into office anyway. Those facts can't be reconciled in the minds of the anti-Trumpers. Mentally, something has to give. That's where cognitive dissonance kicks in. There are two ways for an anti-Trumper to interpret that reality. One option is to accept that half of the public doesn't see Trump as a dangerous monster. Perhaps he isn't. But that would conflict with a person's self-image as being smart and well-informed in the first place. When you violate a person's self-image, it triggers cognitive dissonance to explain away the discrepancy. So how do you explain away Trump's election if you think you are smart and you think you are well-informed and you think Trump is obviously a monster? You solve for that incongruity by hallucinating, literally, that Trump supporters know Trump is a monster and they prefer the monster. In this hallucination, the KKK is not a nutty fringe group, but rather a symbol of how Trump supporters must feel, all of them. 
They don't. Not even close. In a rational world, it would be obvious that Trump supporters include lots of brilliant and well-informed people. That fact, as obvious as it would seem, is invisible to the folks who can't even imagine a world in which their powers of perception could be so wrong. To reconcile their world, they all have to imagine that all Trump supporters are as defective in some moral or cognitive way or both. As I often tell you, we all live in our own movies inside our heads. Humans did not evolve with the capability to understand the reality because it was not important to survival. Any illusion that keeps us alive long enough to procreate is good enough. That's why the protesters live in a movie in which they are fighting against the monster called Trump, and you live in a movie where you got the president you wanted for the changes you prefer. Same planet, different realities. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you soon. Cheers.